Yo, is this thing on? Man, whatever. Walk with me. Welcome back to Walk with TFB. Tim Bryson here, and as y'all know, I'm a black millennial who is eager to have unfiltered conversation with authentic people centered on education, sport, and culture. Today, we are walking with a Palmetto State legend. A graduate of the real USC, she holds dynamic experiences across the communications and PR industries. She's a civic leader, having served in both city and state politics. And now the political and public affairs strategist is a CEO, a co-founder, and senior advisor, which I know we're going to unpack and learn more about on this show today. If you knew her in undergrad, you knew she was special, and now we get to share her light with the rest of the world. So without further ado, I would like to introduce you all to Lauren Harper. Talk to us, Lauren. How are you doing today? What's up, Tim? So glad to be chatting with you today. What you been up to, though? Like I said, you got a lot going on down in, uh, down in Columbia. But what you got going on? Everything, but all good things. Um, we are having a lot of fun with uh, Secure the Ballot and um, City Bright and just lots of stuff. <laughs> So, I mean, again, you, you own a business, you own a consulting firm, uh, like I mentioned before, your co-founder, senior advisor, you have a lot that you're doing uh, for other people and really the community. Um, but how are you taking care of yourself right now? Uh, not just in the midst of a global health crisis, but uh, racial injustice as well. That's a great question. Um, <clears throat> I think um, my take has been to uh, rest where I feel like I need to rest, um, to be quite honest. So, Sometimes I wake up and I'm like, I have all these things to do today, but my body's like, skirt, you gonna chill at least a little bit today. Um, so that's been, uh, that's been integral. And obviously, you know, the Lord calls us to rest. So I try to, I try to do what I am led to do each day. What's rest look like for you? So I'm watching this show on Netflix called The Blacklist. Okay. And they are my friends. Uh, it's it's a, kind of like a crime show. Um, I, I'm not going to go into it too much, because, but it's great. Fabulous recommendation if anyone wants to watch it. But I love that. Um, I like reading. I like just listening to music and not doing anything, to be honest. Not responding to messages is on my phone is my favorite thing. So No, that's, I did that this past weekend. It was the best thing that ever happened to me. Columbia's still hot? Ooh, hot. Hot, hot. Famously hot? Famously hot. Somebody tweeted the other day, um, if you want to know what it's like to live in Columbia, take a hot shower and then put your clothes on. I was like, <laughs> that <is true. laughs> if you I, I say this if you are okay with sweating you'll be great in Colombia. but you just have to be okay with sweating a lot that's fair well things are shut well beginning to shut down again now since so i can't wear masks well y'all don't want to wear y'all masks and <sighs> lord help us that's a touchy topic i'll i'll say that for another day uh, but lawrence very excited for this conversation as i've uh, told you many times before um, I know, and you know, that we've known each other for now for well, almost eight years. It's coming August. Um, Crazy. It's wild to really think yeah. about. That's next month. But um, <laughs> you, you have a lot of different experiences, right? As I mentioned before, across uh, PR, com, uh, politics. I mean, you've done it all. Um, and so I'm very, very excited for what we'll discuss uh, during the trending topics portion of our show. Uh, but first, I want to transition us to our first segment, which is called, entitled, What is Your Story? Um, so during this segment, uh, it's really opportunity for myself uh, but really our listeners to learn more about who you are, uh, learn more about, you know, what you believe in, where you came from, where you come from, um, anything you really want the world to know about you, um, your story and your experiences. Um, so with that, Lauren, uh, what is your story? 
Um, all the great questions today. So I grew up, um, I originally was born in Buffalo, New York, <laughs> which I don't think a lot of people know, but grew up a little bit in Charlotte, North Carolina. That's why I saw the 704 cell phone number. Um, and then for my um, middle school and high school years, spent time in um, Fort Mill, South Carolina. Um, so I went from obviously Charlotte, very, very diverse um, to Fort Mill, which is very white. Um, so it was somewhat of a culture shock, but somewhat of a, just a transition into just a different way of living in suburbia. So um, went to uh, the University of South Carolina, um, absolutely loved it. I got every dollar's worth of my tuition out of that experience because I just did everything. The only thing I didn't do was study abroad, um, which I still regret, but um, I did everything and it was fantastic. I did student government stuff and was just involved in a lot of different um, awesome uh, internships that really prepared me for my career. Um, and then when I graduated, I worked for Columbia Mayor Steve Benjamin for three years as his policy and communications advisor, which was by far the best first job I think I could have ever dreamed for. Um, my original intent was to move to DC after graduating college, like I think pretty much everyone does um, <laughs> want to move away when they graduate. Um, but I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. And um, the mayor uh, wanted me to work for him. And at first, I quite honestly, I said, no, this is no like secret. I tell people this all the time, but I said no to him at first, which sounds like a lunatic. Um, but I, I was like, oh, I want to go somewhere else. I want to do something different. Um, but I always really thought that public service was important. Um, I worked for him as an intern when I was an undergrad, and that was my favorite experience of my entire college career in terms of work opportunity. And I was like, well, why would you go searching for something else when you already know what you really love to do? Um, and so it was just a matter of, you know, reconciling like, okay, I'm staying in Columbia. Well, let's make this experience great. Um, and I will say that USC Columbia experience and adult Columbia experience are two radically different things because once you go past the state house grounds to Main Street and you learn more about Columbia, the neighborhoods we have here, um, it really is a phenomenal city. And I think that we don't explore enough as students at USC um, of what Columbia can be and is. So um, any students at USC, go off campus. <laughs> I would just say that because it really is a fun city um, if you explore more and learn about the culture and the history. Um, but anyway, so got into, you know, working for the mayor, had some really phenomenal experiences uh, working for him, uh, you know, being able to travel. He was president of the U.S. Conference of Mayors and vice president of the U.S. Conference of Mayors while I was working for him. Um, so got to meet a lot of folks and learn about cities. So my, my tagline when I was in the mayor's office was I'm a ghost writer and a city builder um, because I used to write his speeches and his talking points and the messaging stuff. Um, and I also, also used to work on policy to help build a better Columbia. Um, his goal was to create in Columbia the most talented, educated and entrepreneurial city in America. Um, I think he's doing a fabulous job of it. And I think I was able to learn a lot from him and also be able to uh, use what I was passionate about in my work. Um, so working with uh, young people to start, not start, but uh, redo the Columbia Youth Commission in the city of Columbia. So we had a peer-to-peer -peer election um, where, I mean, college, but high school students got to vote for their commissioners who would represent them as 14 to 18-year-olds in the city of Columbia. Um, and that was really neat. Um, started the first municipal food policy committee in the state here in Columbia. Um, and they are still active and working and just being phenomenal um, regarding, you know, food insecurity um, and farm to table issues and food equity matters in the city of Columbia. 
Um, so I, like I said, I just got to do some really fun things that I never would have uh, planned out for myself. Um, so that was phenomenal. Um, and then <clears throat> the mayor asked me, you know, are you interested in working on a presidential campaign at the beginning of 2019? And I, again, trending topic here said no, yeah. <laughs> because I was like, they are crazy. That's a lot. I don't know about that. Um, and uh, I think it was more of like fear of not fear of the unknown, to be honest. It was just it was so un unknown to me um, because I worked on a campaign or a couple campaigns in my undergrad years, um, but nothing like, you know, full time. Uh, and I was approached by uh, a couple of campaigns and decided on the Beto for America campaign. Uh, which I am grateful, grateful, grateful for to this day, because that was truly one of the most incredible experiences of my life. Um, campaign world is very different. Um, campaign people are very different for that matter. Um, and weird to be quite honest, but it is quite an exciting and fun and exhilarating experience to be able to be part of something that's so much bigger than you, so much bigger than just your state. Um, I love South Carolina. Um, I wasn't like born and raised here all the way, but when I say that this is my home, like I love South Carolina, I love the people here, I love every nook and cranny. Um, I know we have some uh, blemished history and we are starting to reconcile that, but when I tell you that I believe in the power of the Palmetto State and I believe in the future of our state because of the people who are here um, and the people who have vision here, um, people like Mayor Benjamin, um, people like the people in um, our circle in uh, politics, you know, we, we really can create a better South Carolina. Um, and I believe that South Carolina is a beautiful place. So I know I'm ranting about the things that I love here, but I promise <laughs> I'm getting somewhere. Um, so working for Beto O'Rourke, though, was absolutely phenomenal. He is an amazing individual, um, and I love him um, a lot. But uh, being state director was uh, incredible because you got to go everywhere and meet everyone, which was his, his, his mission, um, because he didn't want to leave anyone out of the story and the narrative of what America is. Um, so we got to, you know, speak to the Gullah Geechee Nation here with Queen Quet um, when he came to Beaufort. Uh, we got to learn about um, housing stuff uh, in, in Greenville area. And it was, just, it was just a phenomenal experience to be able to learn um, more about the state that I loved. Um, I think I learned more about South Carolina in that six month span than I did in my entire life, to be quite honest. Um, and he was the one who uh, got me into that. So meeting the voters, learning the voters, learning organizing tactics that worked and didn't work for that matter. Um, campaigns are special because you get to talk to people um, not just for them to vote, but to understand what matters to them. And I think that the more we understand what matters to people, the better we will become at making uh, solutions in this in this country because we all live in our respective pockets of this of this planet, and we don't often go out of our pockets and learn about what's going on outside of our day-to-day -day lives. And I think that that's a selfish nature um, of humans, but it is something that we're going to have to overcome if we ever want to see change here in this country and in this world. Um, because you're not going to be able to have compassion, um, even from a place of misunderstanding, if you don't get outside of your regular, regular life, um, life. And to be honest, your regular, regular life probably isn't all that exciting anyway. So let's do something different. Um, so those are my, those are my gist of my, oh, let me go into City Bright. I forgot. So um, after the campaign ended on November 1st, 2019, um, it was a sad day. <laughs> Uh, it's a sad day, <laughs> and my birthday was next week, and I was like, Lord, my job just ended. <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> but it was okay. Um, 
So I took sabbatical, what I like to call sabbatical, where I was like, I'm just not going to work for a few months because I've been working my behind off since I was 17. Um, And I'm not saying that in like a, like, oh, I had to work so much. Like, no, I love work. Like, even now, like I have my rest days, but work is fun to me. I like work. Um, So it's not like I was upset about it. I was like, I just need a break. Mm-hmm. Um, so took some time off, spent some time with my family, um, and, you know, just chilled. Um, it was a great time, obviously, because Thanksgiving and Christmas. So started, um, you know, getting job offers and I was like, you know, like, I don't think this is it, you know, um, not that I didn't want the offers, obviously I was grateful for them, but I was like, I think, I think this is the time where I do this on my own, um, and start, you know, taking, take a bet on me, take a bet on L Lauren. Um, so re uh i had started a consulting firm called seabright in october 2018 because god was like start this firm and i was like really but i got a job you know why, why did i start a firm i got a job um he's like trust me on this as he always does um and so i was like all right and so when i finished up with beto i was like well i have a consulting firm already you know might as well do this thing out uh so i started consulting in january of this year which seems like forever ago yeah, <laughs> like, that was yeah. Um, my God. Uh, so that was exciting. Um, I was working with some really cool clients like the South Carolina Democratic Party. I helped plan the presidential debate that we had here in Charleston, um, which was just an incredible experience. Uh, Overall, I got to work with this organization called the Welcome Party, which was a C4, 501C4 that worked to get independent voters to participate in South Carolina's primary. Um, and that was really cool because obviously we don't register by party here in South Carolina. So no, nobody's technically a Democrat or Republican, but we have a, a, a thing that we use to, um, to recognize what people we think are independent voters. Um, so, or swingable Republicans for that matter. So wanted to be able to get people to vote in the primary. Um, and we also worked with, uh, so the mayor, so I got to write his state of the city again this year um, uh, in 2019. So, I mean, 2020. What year is this? Yeah, 2020. 2020, yeah. Did the same thing. Oh, God, man. So much. So anyway, yeah, so it was, it's been great. And um, since since January, I've been able to bring on two absolutely phenomenal young ladies, uh, Amelia and Lyric. They are the bee's knees to me. Um, I don't know why we say the bee's knees, but that was the first thing that came to mind. But they are fantastic. And uh, they teach me a lot. They help me keep my head straight, which is probably their biggest job. <laughs> 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 keep more insane um by the holy spirit uh but yeah so we are working on some really fun and exciting clients now and we're just grateful to be honest um never knew that this was exactly what i wanted to do um but every year the lord continues to say you know you can have some plans but like my plans are really good um so just you know do that so that is that is me that is i i love that you're super descriptive um and I, I definitely learned things I did not know uh, prior to this conversation. So again, thank you for sharing that. Um, but though you didn't necessarily know what you wanted to do, you knew, at least you knew where you wanted to be post, uh, post South Carolina. Um, but this politics, communications, PR uh, thread has been something that's been uh, a staple in your career so far. Um, but you mentioned, obviously, you started in Buffalo, grew up a little bit in Charlotte, then moved to Fort Mill but ultimately did choose South Carolina, right? Um, and earned your degree in public relations. Why PR? Like, where did that interest come from? Because in a lot of ways that has provided the foundation uh, for you to keep doing what you're doing today. It really has. And to be honest, um, as of late, I was kind of like, 
kind of trying to get out of it for some reason. I think I was like, I don't want to be known as the comms girl. You know, like, I feel like that's such a good pigeonhole for people to put, especially black women, because black women, shoot, we can do some comms. I'll tell you that. Um, but I, I was like, I don't want to be known just being the comms girl. Um, but I will say you're right. Like, I love writing. Um, I've always loved to write. When I was little, I used to write poems and stories and fiction books and stuff like that. And I was just, I love to write. So when I went to university, at first I was studying broadcast journalism because I thought I wanted to be a producer of a TV show. Um, but then I realized, I was like, you know, when you write in TV world, you're writing 30 second scripts and that is just not what I want to do. So I want to be able to write descriptive stuff. So I would have internships in college where I would go to, um, like uh, Upward Bound, I used to write like, you know, what are the stories of Upward Bound? Who's, who's the face of this um, organization here on USC's campus? Because I thought feature stories are the best because you can't really relate to an organization or its mission if you don't know the people behind it. So I would love to write stories about the people who are working on these fantastic um, organizations. So writing, writing is my thing. I love writing. Um, I, I was talking to someone recently and I was like, you know, when people are artists, um, like a, like a, painting artist or even like a, a sculptor where you're like having a piece of marble in front of you or a piece of ice and you're sculpting something out of it. That's how I feel about writing. Um, I think, you know, when people are younger, they're asked like, are you artistic? And they say no, because they can't draw. But art is whatever you are able to express yourself. It could be dance, it could be writing, it could be whatever. And I'm, I hope for that, that people are telling their kids this, these things now because creative writing and um, just writing in general is truly an expressive art form. And I think we um, didn't necessarily get told that when me and you were younger. Um, maybe now, <laughs> but not when, like, are you artsy? No, I can't draw. Okay, good. Next thing. Um, <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so you like numbers? <laughs> you like numbers? You like writing? You like writing, yeah. That's how I go. You like to read? You like to read? Yeah. So I hope people are better with their kids now with that stuff. I don't know because I don't have children, but we, we got to make some progress in that area. Um, so yeah, that's been, you're right, uh, PR, public relations, um, communications, marketing, strategic comms, that's, that's, my, that's my bread and butter um, always. I can do other things. I love managing. I love leading. I love or, organizational leadership, uh, especially, like I said, with campaigns. Um, one of the things that I was uh, adamant about when I got hired for the Betzel role as state director was that I wanted to build a team um, that was human infrastructure. And when you talk about human infrastructure, I steal this term from Mary Benjamin all the time, but talk about a team as human infrastructure, you have to recognize that they are going to be equipped before when they, they get there, but they also will need to have something when they leave. So mm -hmm. I wanted to be a leader who was able to help cultivate skills and um, knowledge and wisdom in um, the people who worked under me, because when they leave Beto for America or Beto for South Carolina, they need to be better than when they came here. Um, and so that was something that I really was um, hoping to be able to cultivate as well. So that's, that's that. <laughs> it's a human infrastructure that that's what Mayor Benjamin has said. Yeah, he. So when you talk about a city, when we talk about what the cities are made out of, cities are made out of roads and bridges and um, technology. Yep. So you have technolo technological infrastructure, you have you know physical infrastructure, but you also have human infrastructure. Who makes up your city? Like who mm -hmm. is in your city? How how sturdy are the people in your city? You know how well versed in different areas are people in your city? Um, and if your city doesn't have um, human infrastructure that is helping to cultivate a better city, um, then, you know, who are you attracting to your city? Are you being intentional about who you want to come to your city? Um, he's always adamant about that. All right, my Mayor Benjamin, uh, thank you. No, uh, if you could pass along for me, that'd be great. But I definitely would begin using that in my own practice. Um, but I'm going to tra transition us to a segment two, which is trending topics. Mm -hmm. um, so we've seen currently with the All Black Lives Matter movement, 
um, you know, many people have said, you know, activism occurs um, in many different ways, right? There are people who go on the streets um, and protest. There are people who will, you know, use their Twitter fingers on digital platforms. Uh, but we've seen a lot of different institutions, particularly educational institutions, focus on civic engagement, right? Civic engagement and social responsibility. And I'm glad that I have you on uh, the show today because uh, in a lot of ways, a lot of what you do is around social advocacy, civic engagement, social responsibility, uh, particularly thinking about City Bright, particularly thinking about Secure the, ba secure the Ballot, uh, because in my own research, you all are focusing um, a directed energy on uh, Gen Z and millennials. Uh, so thinking about trending topics, I done my research, Lauren, come on now. I see you laughing. I'm proud. But thinking about civic engagement and social responsibility, talk to us more about, um, obviously you started City Bright in October 18, but really have um, fleshed it out um, this current year. Talk to us more about like your mission, your vision, um, and how that intersects with Secure the Ballot as well. Absolutely. So in working for Mayor Benjamin, um, and I talk about him because he's not, he wasn't just a boss, he was a mentor um, and a friend, um, and he still is to this day. Um, but in working for him, I realized that South Carolina is, a city, I mean, a state of 46 counties, but it's also a state of a lot of municipalities. And I was, I was always wondering, like, why does Columbia have so many more advancements in different areas of our city? Uh, obviously, we're not perfect. We have our flaws, but we have a lot of, you know, really cool things that we're doing here that, you know, other places across the state aren't necessarily doing. And it was because I think that their mayors don't have the type of staff talking about human infrastructure the staff that they needed to make some of their visions come to life um even if they had the ideas you can have all the ideas in the world but you don't have people on staff to make them happen um or even people in your city to make them happen then they're not going to go anywhere and so city was created to be um well it started off of um, the scripture in matthew 5 and 14 the city on a hill cannot be hidden um, and I believe that, you know, as cities are becoming major places where legislation is being passed, you know, cities in South Carolina are the places that have mask ordinances, um, not necessarily the state, obviously. Um, so we are, as cities, are looked to as being leaders in making sure that people's lives are protected um, and cultivated in a better way. Um, but City Bright was started to be extra bandwidth to cities across the state or across the country for that matter, to be able to do really cool projects that they wouldn't normally have been able to do if they didn't have the extra bandwidth, if that makes sense. So, you know, you want a food policy committee? Great. We can help you start one, you know, things like that. Um, but obviously, after working for Beto, I realized that I could also do campaign work. So one of our other um, areas of expertise are, you know, making sure that we get candidates elected um, who are good candidates and who are going to represent the interests of the people that they're serving and not, you know, the interests of themselves. Um, you know, we talk about, you know, problems with PAC money and lobbyist money, things like that. But, you know, if you, especially are a black candidate, you need the money regardless, period, point blank. So I'm not an anti-PAC money person. But what I will say is if you are uh, looking to just stay in your position to do anything that you can to stay in your position, that's when you need to reevaluate if you're in the, in the position for the right reasons. If you're a public servant, you serve the people, not yourself and your self-interest. So um, going into what we're doing with Circle Up, I mean, um, City Bright, we also do this thing called Circle Up, which is a weekly newsletter tailored to Gen Z and millennial voters here in South Carolina, where we talk about the things that are happening at the State House, the things that are happening in the news and political in the political realm here in South Carolina. We talk about you know, ways that you can get involved in local government, ways that you can get involved in local campaigns, because we're recognizing that a lot of young people quite simply just don't know how to get involved. And that's not necessarily their fault because it's not like you are taught this stuff in high school or taught this stuff in college, unless you're a poli-sci major and then barely taught that there. So, you know, if you are not 
uh, if you're just, you know, an average human, which all of us are, and you don't necessarily read, um, you know, CNN and everything every day, uh, you, you may not know what's going on. And it's not necessarily your fault, like I said. So we want to be able to provide a resource to young people so they know what's going on and they can be actively engaged in their community. So, you know, we recently posted, um, you know, three things that you can do over the summer to be um, engaged in your city, you know, or we talk about why does South Carolina have primary elections? Because little things like that are really just knowledge that, you know, maybe you and I take for granted because we know how the system works, but most people don't know how the system works, um, especially if they're not introduced to the system or don't even know anybody in the system. Um, so we try to make it everything relatable and relevant to young audiences. And obviously older people can read it too, because it's not like it's, you know, totally weird, but we just make it so that it's fun at least um, and presented in a fun way. Um, so we're doing that and then going into Secure the Ballot, uh, just an absolutely awesome project that I'm excited to be a part of. Um, it is a 501c3 um, nonprofit organization that we are using to register people to vote and then get them engaged in um, civic engagement, right? So exactly what you're talking about. So particularly for Gen Z millennial voters or non-voters for that matter, we are focused on the South. So we are catering to Black, Brown, and rural Americans in the South. Um, we have a three-point organizing plan. We're focusing on college and high school campuses, HBCUs. Um, we're also focusing on digital organizing. So we know that every voter online is a voter offline. So we want to mobilize people to vote after we get them registered. And then we also um, focus on rural communities. So going to the places across the state, particularly in South Carolina, um, well, we have South Carolina, North Carolina, and Alabama, but places, particularly in South Carolina where, you know, some places only 50% of the population is registered to vote. So one in two people are not registered. And that was just, you know, absurd for us to realize, but it's, it's the reality of a lot of places in America is people are not actively um, engaged intentionally. Um, so they're not going to be excited or motivated to, to participate in elections. Um, so we want to change that. We want to make sure that everyone knows that their vote counts and their vote matters. And we also want to make sure that people um, know who they're voting for. You know, when you go to the polls, you know, do you know the significance of a county council in your life? You know, because shoot, obviously the president is a huge factor in this country, but your county council controls a lot of stuff about your life that you probably don't realize, you know? So a lot of the work that you're doing, um, many people would say it's only focused on politics, right? Like it's only politics. It doesn't relate or intersect with education, which I'm going to um, combat that in just a second, let alone college sport, which we know is a part of the higher education enterprise. Um, so for those people who are currently working as educators, not just in a K-12 setting, but also higher ed, uh, or even those who currently work in college sport, like what things can we do um, to not just spread the message and vision and mission that you're uh, obviously working under right now, uh, but also help educate um, and increase voter registration and those using their, those exercising their right to vote, um, and not just in the general election, but also other elections as well? That's a great question. Yeah, so one of the tenants that we work or sorry let me say this our organizing model is and when i say organizing it's basically uh mobilizing people to do something together collectively right um so i, I apologize i'm using super wonky campaign terms <laughs> but um, our organizing model is really uh, based on this thing called relational organizing and what we do is we try to make sure that if you tim know um, a handful of people it just goes off of your relationships. Like, who are you getting to vote? Who are you getting to register to vote? Um, because we recognize that your personal relationships are gonna be much more effective than me coming to somebody and they'd be like, I don't know you. 
who are you? Why are you asking me to vote? Um, why are you asking me to register to vote? So that's one of the things that we were trying to make sure that people are, are realizing the power and the influence that they have just in their personal circles or just in their personal networks or just in their personal platforms. Student athletes have one of the best platforms in the country because they are seen as this awesome, awesome individual because they are so phenomenal and so driven and so committed. Um, but they may not be able to necessarily be partisan in their work, which obviously um, a C3 cannot be partisan. But if you can be a nonpartisan person telling people that voting matters, one, um, register to vote, and then, you know, maybe here's some information about what voting looks like in our state or in our, our area because we're at this university. Um, you know, what are some of the matters that are happening um, in our, our, our area that are going to impact us as students? Um, people, uh, this is a funny one, but people don't realize that city council has a lot to do with the bars and five points here in, in, mm. <laughs> in Columbia. Yeah. Uh, so a lot of bars and five points have shut down recently. And I wonder, you know, do the student athletes know that that's the city council that's managing those things? Uh. I don't know. So it's just stuff like that, that people don't really think about um, because they have, like I said, city county council mayors, they have more power than people probably give them credit for. Um, so if you're able to tell people, if you're able to learn what's going on in your area, you don't have to go big. You don't have to go the whole state of Maryland. You can go to the city of Bethesda for that matter. You can just focus on, I don't know. I'm sorry, where your school is. I, I apologize, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can just focus on your city. I just picked the first Maryland city. Um, you can focus on your city and realize like, what is going on in my city? What are the big issues that are happening? What are people talking about? What are people caring about? What are, what's impacting people um, right now, particularly in COVID? Like, are, do we have enough testing sites? You know, are our legislators or our city council or our county council, are they putting up enough free testing so that people here can get tested? It's just little stuff like that. So use your platform to request, to petition, to advocate. Um, if you have a tweet coming from a major student athlete to a, a, a state representative or a state senator or a U.S. senator, they're going to be like, oh, shoot, I just got tweeted by uh, XYZ. I need to respond to this tweet because if, you know, people see it, they're going to be like, why did you respond to XYZ? Um, so it, it's just like, use your platform. Use what you already have. You have what you need to make change. You just don't realize that you have those tools at hand. So that's a fair point. It's, I mean, a lot of that is not just self-awareness, but also um, educators helping to facilitate um, discussion or reflection. That's uh, to your point to help us as a collective understand the power that we have, um, not just within, but within our uh, circle of, of influence. Uh, but thinking about the work that you do now, uh, thinking about how we can continue to educate um, ourselves and each other, what are some of the things that you do um, and would encourage others to do to continue to uh, keep us abreast of issues uh, that are going on on a day-to-day -day or week-to-week -week basis? Well, <clears throat> I will say that it's, it's quite information overload. Uh, in the world today. Um, and I even struggle with that. Um, sometimes I can't read the news. I'm like, I just can't take any more information in today. Um, but what I will say is find um, sources that you like the format. If you like an email newsletter that gives you the rundown of the five major stories for the day, there's a whole bunch of those um, on any major uh, news source uh, website, or even if there's um, people who do it uh, individually like us, uh, circle up. Um, you know, we're not in other states yet, but if you want a weekly rundown of what happened in your state, that's, that's where we would come in handy. Um, but anything that, or even if there's people that you know who are uh, either objective or um, fair in their reporting, you know, follow reporters um, on, on the internet and whatever means that you like to follow people because if they're talking about something they'll be able to keep you abreast of issues that may matter to you if you're an issues-based person follow a health reporter follow um <clears throat> follow an education reporter follow someone who is whose beat 
is to talk about what you care about because that way you could at least stay up to date on one topic. You don't have to be an expert on everything. You, you are not expected to be an expert on anything for that matter. I'm not an expert on everything, well, thank God. But what you talk, what you do, what I do do is I follow people who I, with topics that I care about. Um, I like politics as crazy and hectic as it is. I like politics. Um, so I follow pol political reporters. Um, so if you follow the people who uh, have an interest area, sports for that matter, whatever it is, just follow the news. That's good. That's, that's super good. So talk to us more about your relationship with Blue Lab, right? Uh, you talked about um, City Bright. You talked about the Circle of Newsletter. Uh, tell us more about Blue Lab SC. Yeah, so the Blue Lab South Carolina is a um, South Carolina chapter, quote unquote, of the Blue Lab headquarters, which is out of Boston, Massachusetts. So one of my clients, the Welcome Party this year, um, Scott Furson was one of the people who worked with that group. And I learned about the Blue Lab Boston. And I was like, Scott, we need this in South Carolina. So in essence, the Blue Lab is a an incubator that trains democratic strategists to work on campaigns. So in South Carolina, um, as you saw, we had 20 something campaigns working uh, here in South Carolina to elect the next um, president of the United States. So one of the problems that I had as a state director was that I wanted to hire particularly black people, but especially diverse people in South Carolina. And obviously I'm not a white person hater, my God forbid people think that, but you know, when you are working in a state like South Carolina, nope. you need to have people on your team who represent not only the interests, but the uh, experiential background of the people that you're serving, right? Um, I think we did a pretty good job with our Beto for America team, um, to be honest, but sometimes it was hard to find black people um, in, in, in the state, mm -hmm. like we had to, not had to, but we were grateful to be able to get people from other states to come here to work. But that talent was picked over very quickly with all of the campaigns that came through here with Kamala and Biden and Beto and everybody having people in South Carolina. We didn't have enough talent in the state. And I was like, this can't be right because I know that there are people, particularly young people who want to work on campaigns. You don't yeah. have to have a college degree to work on a campaign. Yeah. You can be a high school graduate for that matter, yeah. go and learn how to organize as an organizer on a campaign and then work your way up to be whatever you want to be on a campaign. Like, I hope that people recognize that too, because that is a scam. If people are telling you, you got to have a degree to work on a campaign, it ain't true. Um, you just need to know the people and the issues. So the Blue Lab, we started it here in South Carolina because I was like, look, I live in Columbia. We have two HBCUs here. Yep. Um, we have university, we have a women's college for that matter. So I want to be able to do stuff in South Carolina um, and train people so that they know how to work on campaigns so that when we have another presidential cycle in three years, um, because it'll be sooner than later, um, depending on how November turns out, especially, um, but we have people come through here and we have another 15 people, 20 people want to run they're gonna need talent. And if people in South Carolina are trained to do this work, they're not gonna to have to outsource and go to other states. They're gonna be able to go from people who are from Aiken, who are from West Columbia, who are from North Charleston. They're gonna be able to pick from people who are from South Carolina for their campaigns. And that's why we started the Blue Lab. And so what was the, the cohort this, first, this past year, this past semester, like who made up the cohort? So it's, it was um, a group of 27 students um, from, the ages of 18 to 35. Um, a lot of them were USC students, Clemson students, Citadel students. Um, it was all digital, obviously, because of COVID, um, but they were people from across the state. 
Um, and they were all just people who were excited about learning how to either volunteer or help um, work on a campaign. Um, so black and brown, boy and girl, LGBTQIA, like it was everybody. It was absolutely awesome. So I'm glad you're giving back, Lauren. I mean, because as you mentioned earlier, your experience, you took every single penny out of the University of South Carolina, Columbia. Uh, and now you're even investing in not just Carolina graduates and, and students, but also our rival schools across the across the state that I won't mention. We love we love we love our Clemson people. Okay, I I uh, I will I, I'm okay with orange. Okay. I can't say that quite yet. I can't say that quite <laughs> yet. But, but I but I support you uh, saying so. At least you're honest. I am honest. But I mean, here's the thing, right? And it just hit me. Like, you're doing a lot of the work, uh, whether it's from a political uh, perspective, whether it's from a social justice, social advocacy, social advocacy perspective, that you did really in undergrad as well, right? Um, and one thing that I always speak to people about, um, especially given um, our nation's climate, really culture, is that when we were in school was when uh, the Charleston non shooting happened. It was when uh, the Confederate flag uh, finally came down in front of the state house. Anniversary for that is on Friday. I know. That's, that's, that's what I'm saying. So there was a lot as it relates to race, politics, education, a lot of intersecting experiences. But is there any moment in particular from your undergraduate experience that you think has helped prepare you to be I'm a leader in this space today? Ooh, hard question. <laughs> Jeez. It was, it was such a blend. Um, I think you're right. Uh, I was reflecting, I was looking for photos in my phone because I realized that, um, you know, July 10th, this Friday is the anniversary of the Confederate flag coming down. I was looking through my phone and I was looking for pictures and I was like, that was a really big day in South Carolina. Um, like I remember I was interning at Carolina, my Carolina alumni, uh, when we were still, um, when the office was still off of Gervais street and I walked up to the state house and I was just among a crowd of thousands of people. And I was like, wow, like the flag's coming down. Um, the flag's really come down. And so I'm not saying that, that moment in itself Im impacted it, but being able to realize that like, we are literally still seeing history take place. Like every day we see history happening in South Carolina, history happening in America. Um, and just the fact that we care, like the fact that we are, finally doing stuff that we should have done a long freaking time ago, but we're, we're, we're doing it. Um, and if we, and this is another reason why I invest so heavily in South Carolina, because perfect example, me, I wanted to leave South Carolina when I graduated from USC. I wanted to go away. And I realized that if you, if we don't cultivate the young people, the leadership in South Carolina in a way that gets them to stay, we're going to continue to lose the brilliant minds that are coming out of not just USC, but of Claflin, of, of uh, Columbia College, of people who don't have a degree for that matter, and are working out of Aiken, and like I said, other places across the state. But if we don't make it a, a, a climate um, that is not just um, progressive, for that matter, but a climate that is conducive to people's well-being and health, then we're going to continue to lose people. Um, and I think that that is such a big factor of why I do what I do now is because I don't want to see South Carolina uh, dry up in terms of brilliant young minds. I, that's, that's scary to me because then we're going to continue to be led by a bunch of old white men and that cannot happen. We need people to stay here to run for office, to be a state house representative out of their 
um, district across the state. We need people to stay here to work in city and county and uh, state government to make changes happen. We need people to stay here to work on campaigns to get people elected. We need people to stay here in all these tech industries that we have here in the health industry. Shoot, health, Lord have mercy, help us. Education, really help us. We need people to stay here. Um, and so that's why I invest so heavily in South Carolina um, not to my personal profit, to be honest, but because I care so much about it. Um, and we have got to change our, our habits if we want these things to change. People can be like, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll come back to South Carolina. You always say that, oh, I'm going to come back. Okay, but what's happening in the meantime is this place is a mess. <laughs> so you're not lying. Oh, everything you're saying, to be honest with you, and to be honest with uh, those who are listening, um, are things that I've been thinking more about over the last several months, um, particularly about giving back uh, and investing more into Cincinnati um, because yep. since leaving Cincinnati, I haven't, I've only been back to drink beer and uh, eat my skyline that you <laughs> always talk about, but like, how can I get back and invest in the students, particularly high school students in Cincinnati, right? Uh, how can yeah. I continue to get back and invest um, in the state of Ohio? Um, so I'm glad you brought that up because I think it, I'm sure to encourage many of our listeners to reflect, but it definitely also encourages me to reflect about my role, um, not just in my um, place of work, um, but yeah. also where I ultimately call home. Um, but you have done a lot of, um, have, have a lot of experiences, um, not just uh, within the state of South Carolina, but also have impacted many people outside of the Palmetto State. Um, and there may be people who say, you know, Lauren, your, your career has been amazing. Uh, how can I get to where you are, right? What would you tell someone who, when they ask, you know, how do I become the next Lauren Harper, the next state director of a presidential campaign? Well, as you know, I say, don't be like me, be like Jesus. <laughs> I ain't want to set you up. I ain't want to set you up like that. But that's my favorite quote. One of my favorite quotes of all time. Uh, don't be like me, be like Jesus, because I'm raggedy. But he is faithful. So what I would say is a major thing, truly, is find out what your passions are. Because when I realized that I was passionate, I, it was it, honestly, and people probably are looking at me like it's a joke, but it took me by surprise that politics was my passion. When I was in college, like, yeah, I was involved in this and that but I just wanted to do something cool with my career. I didn't necessarily have a, a trajectory, I mean, a trajectory of what I wanted to do. Um, I just wanted to make money and be happy. Um, and when I graduated from college, I you know, started working for the mayor and realized that I was like, oh my gosh, like I really care about civic engagement. I really care about cities. I really care about politics. I really care about how people are representing me. Like, yes, you are my representative as a state elected official, but you are not representing me or my interests. Um, and I got fired up about that. So I always tell people like, what is the issue that gets you fired up and passionate about? Because if you follow that, um, and follow what the Lord has for you to do in that and your assignment, you're going to end up exactly where you're supposed to be. And I think, you know, my life is a perfect testament, testament to that because like I said, I said no to the mayor. I almost said no to, well, originally I said no to the mayor first. I said no to working for Beto at first. So it's like, you not aren't, aren't necessarily going to know what you want to do, but if you just do what might feel scary, um, might feel like this is a lot. Um, but if you do what is, is right to you, um, and right for the people around you, um, if you're benefiting their lives, then you're gonna end up where you're supposed to be. Um, don't overthink it, truly. I don't know what I'm gonna do next month, let alone next year, let alone five years from now. I just know I'm doing what I'm doing, I'm supposed to be doing right now. And it'll start working out. It'll continue to keep working out for that matter um, if I just keep doing that. Well, you're doing a damn good job, Lauren. Uh, if anyone has not told you <laughs> recently, but you're doing an extremely uh, amazing job uh, down in the state of South Carolina. And as I transition us to our, uh, our final segment, right? How can I and how can our listening community best support you? 
And I think that's, that could be, you know, abstract in some ways, but thinking practical too about um, like, what can we do on a day to day, week to week, month to month, um, both within and outside of election cycles to best support you, your well-being uh, and your businesses as well. Yeah. And I appreciate that question um, a lot. So <clears throat> secure the ballot is a nonprofit tax deductible if you make donations. Uh, so I, genuinely, we really appreciate donations uh, of any amount to secure the ballot. You can learn more about us at securetheballot.org. <clears throat> excuse me. But really <clears throat> what we're trying to do, <clears throat> excuse me, is make sure that we're able to talk to everyone we want to get connected to. Um, so if you can support us in that way through either volunteering or donating or connecting us with people like say, hey, like, you know what, I could do a secure the ballot chapter at my campus um, because that's not a huge um, uh, lift if you want to help out there or even connect to people who might want to do secure the ballot work on your campus um, or connect us with your college athletics program. We've been partnering with college athletic program, college athletics programs um, uh, across the country um, at this point. So we're trying to also get in that space too, because we recognize that athletes are a really big part of this movement. Um, people who love college sports may not love civic engagement for that matter. Um, so if you are able to use your platform to get more people engaged, then hot dog, thank you, okay? <laughs> um, so that would be a huge help um, if people can help us out with uh, expanding Secure the Ballot. Um, Circle Up is a, uh, like I said, a newsletter that we do for free from City Bright. So if you wanna make a donation to our Circle Up Fund, um, our cash app is City Bright LLC, you can make a donation there. Um, but honestly, anything that you can do uh, to continue to get more people registered to vote um, and engage in local government and politics, um, that, is, that is what we, what we love to see. Um, and if we can be able to connect any point, you can email me um, and we can connect. And if you want me to talk to people about what we do, like I'm also happy to do that. So whatever we can do to help y'all, you can help us. So. Most definitely, most definitely. Well, how can people get in contact with you? Uh, so my social handles are all Lauren J H Harper. Yes, it's two H's because I have two middle names. Um, and my email is just Lauren at CityBrightLLC.com. Awesome. Any final words, uh, encouragement, wisdom you want to <laughs> share with the people? Um, well, just thank you, Tim, for doing this because you highlighting people uh, in different spheres is good for me and good for us because the more we, like I said, the more we learn about what other people are doing, the more inspired we are to continue to do our work and the more engaged we are with different stuff um, that works outside of our sphere of influence and our uh, personal preference sphere for that matter. So thank you for what you do. Um, and let's all be connected in this movement to continue to make a more perfect union here. Always leaving us with a word, Lauren. Uh, but again, thank you so much, uh, not just for joining us on today's show. I'm extremely thankful for your leadership in this space, I mean, in this, in this industry and in this world. Um, but as you already know, I'm extremely grateful for our friendship. Um, that'll be, what, eight years next month. Uh, but one that I think is truly um, embodied, um, identifying our passion, walking in purpose, I'm really serving those who are and will come behind us. Um, but for everyone else, thank you again for tuning in to our Walk With TAB podcast today. Um, if you have not already, make sure you follow and subscribe to us on Spotify uh, and or Apple Podcasts. Um, be sure to write a review and leave five stars, uh, but only if you mean it. Uh, look forward to having more unfiltered conversation with authentic people centered on education, sport, and culture. But until then, walk with me. <laughs>